Hi friends, welcome back to another week of the Recover Your Life podcast. My name is Bridget and I'll be your host. Together we're building a community of men and women who know what it means to grieve well, rest well, and love well, to live the life we dream of. On today's episode, I share a conversation with my Ohio bestie, Julie, talking about what it has looked like for us to develop a really strong friendship, for us to be accountable to each other in a way that strengthens our lives, our connections, um, not only our friendship with each other, but the relationships we have in the other areas of our life, and how we've avoided codependency, where we don't feel the need to rescue each other or to fix each other's problems, but a way that creates safety and space for us to grow and learn together. Can't wait for you to hear today's episode. Let's dive in. Well, welcome back to the Recover Your Life podcast. Last time you were in the driver's seat. Today we're um, most likely you're in the driver's seat because I don't like to drive when I'm with you. I mean, when we're together, I always drive. Absolutely. I literally don't know of a time that that you drove when we are together. No, doesn't uh, come to mind. Never. never. Nope. No. Maybe like a one, like a couple times, but not really. Okay. So <laughs> today we're talking about accountability and just would really love to kind of dive in a little bit to our friendship and how that's formed and how that's created safety. Like I know for me, like there is no other human on the planet that I trust more with my life than I trust you. It's like I always tell people, I'm like, you need to know anything about Bridget. You just ask Julie. Like she will have ev- – if. It is like talking to me, you know, every detail of my life. Um, And so just kind of diving into that topic today. But before we kind of get there, for fun facts, do I have like my first primary memory with you? Like not the first time I met you, but like the first of like, oh, now we're friends. Do you have a like, ooh, now she's my friend moment? Um, I feel like the friend moment was – when we were thrift store shopping, and I know it is one of the first times we kind of met, but when we were thrift store shopping at one of these shops in like a super small town, it was, it's so, I can't say it's as glamorous as like a Hallmark small town, but it is super small town, cute niche, right? Cute. So we're at this thrift store and I find a Yogi Berra, like, is that, yo, not, not a football player, Yogi Bear, like the, yeah picnic basket thief bear thing and I find it and I'm like oh my gosh do you know I bet this is actually hers and I'm just going on and on about the yogi bear sweatshirt that I'm certain was my aunt's like she grew up that's hysterical like wearing the sweatshirt and did we send it to her I feel feel like we might I feel like I maybe like fake put it on because we're in a thrift store so I'm like literally not gonna put it on over me because <laughs> no that's against one of my values but wow. I feel like we did and you just dove all the way in and then I was like oh I think this is gonna work because then we continued to find like hideous outfits and some that were like we could actually do something cute with we could this. Make this work we could make this work this could be used somehow in some way so that's one of my first memories of this could go somewhere. I love that. My first memory was calling you from the closet when I, before I moved to Ohio, I was just kind of processing like what it could look like for me to move and give up the life that I knew in New York. But I had a roommate and so, and it was a very small place. (laughs) So literally the quiet place was in the closet. I think she had her headphones in. She was doing homework. And I, it was like the end of your semester because you were, yeah. yeah, you were finishing up. So your memory is actually after my memory because my memory comes 
I think my memory comes when you served here um, as an intern for a summer and then yeah. yeah we went like maybe out to eat or something like in the little town and went thrift store. yeah like I have so, no memory I remember that moment but I don't really remember anything in between like I don't I don't remember how we got from like I remember we I texted you or like we had talked because it wasn't like I just would have called you randomly but I don't remember how we got from there or there yeah Anywho. I don't know but yeah so I remember that and then I remember you were still in school and my kids were at preschool. Yeah. At the time, the little ones would have been in preschool and Hayden in elementary. And I just called you because I literally had to get the Christmas wrapping done. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just stayed on the phone with me just to like, mm-hmm. basically, I felt less lonely because you were on the phone as I was wrapping Power Rangers or no, it, wasn't, it was Transformers. It was the year of the Transformers. Oh, wow. Bless it. Yeah. Bless, bless it, it, right? Bless it. God, the... What is the what is the big truck? Uh, Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and all the things, all the things. So if you're a boy mom out there, and you're in the throes of Transformers or whatever that moment is for you right now, just I mm. bless you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Um. So, just as we've, I mean, we've spent a lot of years together at this point. Yeah. Uh, seven, I think. Sure. Seven. I think seven years. Um, have always, I mean, just kind of from the beginning, we kind of, we hit it off and then continue to grow in friendship. And then I think a lot of the way that our friendship worked and especially in the beginning was just like a lot of, a lot of, I don't want to say shallow connections, but a lot of shallow connection moments. It was things like, Hey, I'm sitting here folding laundry. Like it wasn't like this big, like we didn't connect over some catastrophe. And I know some people start out friendships that way. Like they have some common mutuality. Yeah, sure. Like we got to go in deep really fast. But ours wasn't really like that. We just kind of stepped in um, slowly over time. And just I think a lot of it was proximity of spent a ton of time together mm-hmm. um, and kind of practicing. I remember um, – I remember <laughs> the time we went for a walk and I was just like asking – questions about marriage or something like that and I was like oh I'm never gonna fight remember oh, yes <laughs> yes like, your whole like fairy tale bubble of you know like I'm not you know disagreements and conflict and like I'm working on me meaning mm-hmm. you I'm working on me so that when I show up in marriage like there's not gonna be conflict and there's not gonna be disagreements and yeah, I remember wow. being like love that for you that's so cute that's um, very cute. Yeah, definitely my fairy yeah. tale bubble has been burst of marriage and children, not because I've had a bad example with you, but just because of the like, oh, this is really hard work and I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful because I feel like now going forward in my life with those with marriage and children being a dream for me, I have a really concrete understanding of what that yes will cost me. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. one of the, one of the sadnesses I feel with couples that haven't had a lot of exposure to family dynamics that are not their blood family. Like I know that my last name is blood, but like that are not their biological family. Like you don't really know the weight of what you're saying yes to. And so that's just probably been one of the biggest like things I'm grateful for in our friendship is having that ability to go, oh, wow, like I'm really thankful that I get to see it, but also that I've been able to speak into it because, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a really beautiful part of our friendship is, what are we, 12, 14 years apart, something like that? Um, yeah. We're over yeah. 10, right? Definitely, and yeah, so over 10. We've always been in a very different season, but I've mm-hmm. never felt like, I've never felt that I've been looked down upon or that like 
you were my mentor or – not that I love – I have mentors in my life, but that's never been. Yeah. We've always showed up really equal. Right. And vice versa. I feel like I have tons of space. In the, like, you know, when we talk about accountability, like I've had tons of space to speak into your marriage and to your parenting, even though mm-hmm. I'm a single person. And vice yep. versa. Like you've, you've had so much permission. Like you are the person in my life that has access to like every detail of my dating journey. Just yeah. for me to live in alignment of like I want to make sure that that – in that area of my life, like I'm living in alignment with the woman that I say that I want to be. Um, and I think it's wise for us. I don't think everybody needs to know every detail of your life, but there are people that you're like, nope, there has to be two or three people where you go, no, they have for access sure. to all the information. Yeah. Um, you have to be able to show up authentically to someone. And like a lot of times when we're, when we're married, we're able to do that with our spouse, right? That's the hope in marriage and in that covenant mm-hmm. that you can show up as authentically as you are. Um, but I think it is really important that if you're not, how important accountability is, it's, it's vital. And before we keep going, I do have to like, I got to get this out that this word accountability, yeah, it crawls at my skin, just having grown up in the church, but then Mm -hmm. also early years, um, part of my story is I was a pastor's wife for 15 years and I absolutely, and we are thankful to still be able to attend the church where we served. Um, but this whole idea of accountability, like sometimes, at least for me, mm-hmm. the idea of accountability can have this like really heavy religious connotation of like, Oh, I'm accountable to you in, um, you're stepping out of line and you're not doing this or you're stepping out of line yeah. and not reading your Bible or you're not having your quiet time or whatever. And like part of this conversation, I know our goals are to, kind of unpack that a little bit because when we talk about accountability and the accountability we have in our relationship, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are seasons in our lives where there has been times where there's some of that fundamental accountability oh, yeah. we'll has needed that. to take place, but mm-hmm. that's not really, um, I just want to like say that before we like continue is we're, I'm not here to say that accountability is when you find somebody and it's like, Oh, you're going to be my accountability partner. And then you're going to hold me accountable for the do's and the don'ts and the whatnots. And I just want to say right off the bat, that's not what our relationship is. And Mm -hmm. that isn't what accountability means to the two of us. I just don't think it's the best use of the word. So. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, you know, one of the things about, self-trust that I love so much is that self-trust returns me to the fact that like the reason I share things with you is because the cost of disconnection with you is too great. Like I value our connection too much to be like, oh, I'm just not going to share this with her. Um, Compared to, I think when we have, and I, I mean, that's been my experience in a religious context as well, which is the like, oh, you actually can't trust you. So for you to be a good person, you have to tell someone else in your life, like they, like they have to keep you in line. Like yeah. it's kind of like this very dominant submissive thing, which meh, not, no. not, not in the mood for that. Um, and so, yeah, I totally agree with that space. So as far as <clears throat> like, actually I'm going to have you kind of take it for um, kind of what well, does I'll this just, look like? Yeah. What does I'll this look like in our everyday really life? in our lives and just like from my perspective right because while we have a great relationship and a really unique relationship with our accountability Mm -hmm. i i'm married as well and so like how that looks from my perspective 
um, mm-hmm. sharing that with my spouse. There are still conversations, right, where I show up and those conversations are hold for or held between he and I. And mm-hmm. um, but there are many, many, many times that for me, it looks like I show up um, and say, hey, I've got to process some of this, like her, I'm feeling pain. Sometimes it could be in work. Sometimes it could be with kids. Sometimes it could be with parenting and different things. And one of the things that I have found to be like really helpful as we dive into like the connection part of accountability is I can have conflict. I can have disputes with some of my sons, with some of the people I interact with, some of the work that I do, but then also with my spouse. But when I show up and when I process a huge part of the, what, what I gain from our accountability is sometimes I need to show up and just say, I am feeling this and I'm feeling really charged, right? So my words are charged. My energy is charged. I'm loud. If -hmm. if you know the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram eight. And so justice is like a huge core emotion and feeling for me. And a lot of times I will bring conversations or topics up to you because Mm -hmm. I know if I were to go this charged to the person, be it my son, be it my husband, another friend, uh, a coworker, a buddy, whatever it is, my message is going to get lost because I'm showing up so emotional and so charged and so focused oftentimes on like, what's fair, what's right, what's just. And many times you're like, backing up like first you hear me and then you're like okay now like tell me about that like what's happening for you what are you feeling and like what are you trying to say um but something that's really important about that is when we share that moment of connection and accountability and I come to you because I'm really overly charged this conversation that you and I have be it about whatever cannot replace the connection that still needs to happen with that other person. Maybe it's one of my other friends and often it's with one of my sons and with my husband. So I can bring it to you. um, And I really, I really hope, and I really pray for the recovery life community that you start to like build connections with someone and find that person Mm -hmm. that's going to show up that's safe, and that is just a free zone of judgment. There, that's a, that's another huge thing. There is no judgment. There's mm-hmm. no space for it in like an accountability relationship. If you feel like that's something that you're holding towards the other person, then that's probably not the relationship. That that's mm-hmm. not the person you want to pick to dive into this kind of accountability partnership with because it is a partnership. We both show up. Bridget and I both show up in times of being really flooded and really charged. And oftentimes that affects other people or it's about another person. And so we cannot allow for the connection that we have to sort things out, to be the substitute for the connection that actually has to happen with the other person. And I just think that's really important um, because sometimes I might feel better. I might be like, oh, you know what? I got that out. I told Bridget about it. Do I actually have to go talk to the other person Mm -hmm. now? Sometimes that's true. And even then I will still probably reference Bridget and like, hey, as I've processed and after our conversation, I really don't know if that's something I need to bring up to the other, you know, X, Y, and Z, whoever it might be. And she'll push back like, hey, I hear that. I'm really glad you've settled and whatever. Mm -hmm. I actually think you still need to bring it up or like, 
you're right. You know what? You probably don't need to bring it up that they didn't put the silverware in with the forks up or the spoons up. Like, yeah, really yeah. glad you got that out. I know that was really painful, but you're right. You probably can just. I know that's a silly example, but we've had things like well, that yeah, because I think it's it's different than like gossip, right? Because gossip right. is kind of like where when you share those types of things, the person you're sharing to would be like, oh yeah, that's a, such a terrible person. I can't believe they did that. Which is different than me saying like oh, I 100% hear you that that Mm -hmm. interaction was really hurtful to you or you experienced a lot of pain when this happened. Like what's happening and what do you need? And I think even that's kind of why we ask that reflection question is what do you need? Because sometimes you go, oh, just needed to say that. And other times you go, oh, I think I need to send that email. Or, Mm -hmm. Or I'll be like, hey, that sounds like a great email to send tomorrow, right? You've done that with me. It's like, oh, that sounds like a great message to send tomorrow. We don't have to do that right now. Give yourself a little bit of time to process that out, to come down from this big charged experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think that there's, yeah, I think that the, the connection piece allows you to move forward in a way that's honoring to all people. But gossip is like bringing people in to like go against the person you're talking about, which is very different. Of like, it's ooh, really I mean, destructive. It, it it just, there just isn't a place for it. You know, like gossip in this, you know, if you're going to come to me and you are having, you know, with whatever it is and I go, Oh, let me tell you, I bet you will not. It, there's just no place yeah, for yeah. it because it's destruction. And I mean, at least in our relationship, I will feel so out of step, mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. you know, um, I will just feel And sometimes I'll say like, you know what, you were sharing something with me. And then I just kind of automatically started talking about that with, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with Shane or with whatever. And I'm feeling a lot of guilt because Mm -hmm. I actually didn't ask your permission. If that's a story that you wanted to share further than us. And, um, you know, there's times we do have to work through that, but yeah, if gossip is a part, that's just, that's just a destructive Mm -hmm. tool. So just, so I think, yeah, I think on one side, there's the gossip. And then on the other side, there's like this codependent need to rescue where we're like, oh my gosh, like my friend's telling me this, like I need to, I need to rush to their house and fix it. I need to go with them to have this conflict with their family member. Like, sure, there are moments when we actually need a physical person to to take place in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's like a huge difference. Um, I have some fear. (laughs) If you don't want to tell the story, we don't have to tell it. Um, can we tell the story of the first time? I don't know if you actually remember, maybe you do. For me, this was a huge turning point in our relationship was when one of your dogs was dying and I had to express some anger and hurt that I felt even in the midst of your pain. Yes. Yeah. Can I tell that story? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, here we go. We're we're, going to lose a bunch of followers right now, but it's okay. So I enjoy snuggling with a dog but Bridget is not a dog person no like I I'm I'm just I'm not a dog person and so I have made it very clear that one of the boundaries in my life is that I do not pet sit I do not pet sit Mm -hmm. um to which when you adopted two dogs I made it very clear over and over again hey I love this love this for you so much I want to make it very clear that my boundary is I am not taking care of your dogs. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. great. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, sadly, the uh, events uh, what plot thickened very quickly in a very sad way that we didn't 
expect. I, I hate that <laughs> a lot of shame that we're smiling right now because it's a really sad story. It was. It's super sad. Um, yes, because one of the dogs shortly after I adopted got the very dog, sick. Got very sick within like months of having yeah. the dog live at our house. The dog needed an exponential amount of care yeah. than just like let the door open the door, let the dog out for potty. Here's a handful of kibble. Mm-hmm. Mm, that yeah. that was not the story for this little pup. Um, so then Julie presented it to me. Hey, I know that you've expressed this boundary. <laughs> We're getting ready to go on vacation, and it's not kind for us to put you know have the dog be taken care of outside of our home. We're really needing someone to stay in our house. And so I'm like, oh no. And at this point, like. And I'm feeling a lot of fear because I know Bridget's boundary on the dog. I'm feeling a lot of fear showing up in this moment, but I'm feeling a lot of fear for this dog of like the level of care this dying dog needs is not happening at this kennel. Right. And I have four sons that are in love with said dying dog. Yes so bad Mm, so mm, basically mm, i was like oh no because then i'm feeling all this shame of like i can't i love i do love the dog right i don't want to take care of the dog but i do love the dog and i don't like i would feel so much guilt if i let the dog die and so i'm like okay i'm like i just feel really angry and i said that i think that was the first time i ever expressed it to you because at this up until up until this point in our relationship this is a couple years ago so this was you know halfway into the the relationship that we've built Mm -hmm. as of today yeah we had processed a lot of pain points in the outside of our life, but we hadn't really crossed that threshold of like being, keeping short accounts of the pain that we actually experienced with each other of like, Ooh, I misunderstood you. I felt hurt by something. Like we had never really talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And so for me to say, Hey, I actually feel angry and hurt with you because I had expressed this boundary. I'm like, I'm going to need some time to process that. And so I kind of did, it was like, okay, what do I need for that? What do I need for that to feel like an honoring thing for me? But also like wanting, like wanting to honor your family in that. And so I stayed with the dog at your house mm-hmm. and I binge watched Ted Lasso. And so it was a great experience for me. I snuggled the dying great. dog and watched Ted Lasso. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so bad. Um, and so I think at that point it kind of changed too. Well, also, and this is also, I had just like come out of my deep trauma hellhole at this yes, point. It was it was the beginning of the light after the dark season for yeah. for your yes. Mm-hmm. And so which was also another thing that I held a lot of fear on because up until that point, I mean a lot of that season, I know you've shared some of it on here with the community, a lot of that season was as long as you got up, took a shower, got dressed ate something, went to work, ate something, went to bed. Like that season, that's literally what you had the space for. Um, I mean, well, I was like, liter- I was literally require. texting you. Like I was literally texting you. Yeah. Hey, this is what I ate for breakfast. This is what I ate for lunch. Because for me, mm-hmm. I had yep. in my middle school and high school years, like had a family context that um, contributed to my disordered eating. Um, and so – when I felt really out of control, not eating felt like a really great way to control that yeah. feeling of overwhelm. And mm-hmm. so I had done a lot of work. I had done a lot of counseling in that, but I hadn't been, I hadn't been in enough pain in a couple, you know, several years where that felt like a good option. So I could feel myself. Yeah. And again, that's where it's like, I don't, 
it's not your responsibility to text me and say, hey, just checking in on you, making sure you're eating today. Because yeah. that's what we're saying. Like that's kind of like the the yucky version of accountability where like you become responsible right. for my life and that's not fun. And also that doesn't create any space for equality. It creates a like, I'm powerless. Uh, yeah, and you're I was going to say that. One. Like, oh, here's the hierarchy. I'm here and you're here. You're small. I'm big. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's not, there's not that. But there were times in that season where I would start to think, oh no, she hasn't reached out. I wonder if she's, you know, and so there were different ways where, mm-hmm. you know, building connection of like, hey, I'm really sick of like having scrambled eggs this morning or oatmeal. I can't think of anything. Like, I think I'm just going to have a smoothie. But And it would just encourage conversation of, yeah. because those were, I always wanted to show up authentic, right? Yeah. And so for me to say, you know what, I'm going to share what I'm experiencing this morning with my breakfast is I know that I have to have protein, Mm-hmm. Um, right. Especially the order I'm getting, I'm recognizing not starting my day with protein it just means yeah. I'm starving. So in that season, um, it was really <laughs> Hangry important. Is the better word you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. In like an hour flat, like, Oh, I was thinking, Oh, these oatmeal, oatmeal is so good for you. It's not, you know what? That's crap. It's not actually that good for you. It's a grain full of nothing. So if you love oatmeal, <laughs> enjoy it, but you're really Eat some eggs with it. <laughs> yeah. I did just see a recipe yesterday on uh, reels or something. And I am going to try this. It, I have to get over the fact that it looks a little bit snotish, but oh, you take oh. egg whites and you put it in with your oatmeal. I knew you were going to do that, but it adds protein. And then it's like, I get the feeling of having that warm oatmeal with my blueberries and a little drizzle of maple syrup, but there's egg whites in it. You well, how, like, it. how is okay. that different? Like a blueberry oatmeal bake? Isn't that just sounds like a grosser version of that? Mm-hmm. Well, Theirs looked like a really steaming bowl of oatmeal, I guess. There is there is space. Oh, so it's like a single serve. It's like a single serve. But as I'm walking through it, I think they used old fashioned oats and I think they cooked it on the stovetop. So we're not taking we're not taking quick one minute oats and throwing them in a bowl with egg whites and water. No ma'am. Yeah. We are taking rolled old fashioned oats in a pot with water plus egg whites, creating yum single serve oatmeal got you but all that to say in that season that Mm -hmm. is an example of where um I never felt the the calling or the urge to be like oh I oh gosh she hasn't checked in she hasn't texted and I would just always say to myself okay what feels authentic to me um to engage in this conversation and I would just share how I was feeling what I was experiencing and then it would spark that conversation um because I do think when one person tends to get big or feel big and make the other person feel small, whether or not it's realistic or not. Um, it doesn't work. There isn't space in an accountability relationship, which is really just like mm-hmm. this partnership that we have making one person big and the other person small. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I think it was, I mean, that's just one of the benefits of like growing connection for like over the years. Mm-hmm. Cause I would say that it's fair to say, that there's been a lot of seasons where like your highest moments were happening in my hardest moments and then your hardest moments were happening in my hardest moments. I would say probably in the last six months have probably been where we've had the most overlap of like we've both had to process of like, like, and even when we'll talk about this, like our morning walks, right? Mm -hmm. And we just to clarify for listeners that don't know us, we lived together in Ohio for five years, five Mm -hmm. years. Yep. And then yeah. now I live in Tennessee. So yeah. we've been navigating. Ohio, so 
long distance for mm. over a little over a year. So we've been navigating like, what does it look like for us to keep our connection really strong when we are in very different seasons of life, mm-hmm. but like the friendship is still really important to us. And I don't ever feel like, I feel like connection is just our DNA. Like I don't ever have to feel like, oh, I have to make a point to connect with Julie. It's like, I probably just, it just happens. It just is. uh, Yeah. It's just a natural part. And that's another thing too, you know, as people are like diving into, I really, you know, I think accountability is important. And I wonder if I have that with this friend of mine, like we've never really talked about it, but things, I guess that when you're, Mm -hmm looking for that person or you're wondering if that person already exists in your life and maybe it's your spouse maybe it's your best friend maybe it's a coworker. um i guess we're just throwing suggestions out or like these are parts of the relationship that really work Mm -hmm. for us that we've found you know being equal and making sure that we're both creating space for connection but also making sure the connection that we hold each other accountable with isn't replacing the connection that we need to have with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are just things like as we're chatting here that we have found in our relationship that that work. And, you yeah. know, for some season it looks like in your dark season of like, hey, yeah, did did you eat today? You know, mm-hmm. like, did you show up for work? Um, just those kinds of things. But, you know, in my sphere, it's, a lot of times um, I've gone through seasons of needing to make sure that I'm showing up. I have four sons and three of them are the same age. And so sometimes that can just be really challenging. And so I will share with Bridget, just like, I'm really struggling with this particular relationship or I'm struggling. Um, Mm -hmm. I really have walked through a season of what's happening for me when allowing my kids to grow up and allowing my kids to fail and allowing them to mess up. And I just have to show up sometimes in our relationship and be accountable for, I screwed up. This is, this, this was my big emotion. This was my big whatever. And I need to kind of talk through that and I need to be accountable for that. And, um, yeah, because I think like, I'm trying to think about like why, why I do that because a lot of the times, and I'm going to use the word confession, Again, if you have mm-hmm. a painful connotation that I understand it, but I think confession in its finest is like when I'm not showing up as the best version of me, like that's a detriment to the people around me and to mm-hmm. you. So it's not necessarily mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll process pain of like, I mean, we did that this morning of like, oh, hey, feeling some guilt and pain. You know, we process through that together where that was something that that dynamic com- like directly impacted both of us. Mm-hmm. But from, you know, like you said, of like, ooh, I didn't handle the situation appropriately or I'll say like, oh, you know hey, just letting you know, I'm going to do this. I did this or whatever. And it's like it, the outcome doesn't impact either of us directly, but it impacts Correct. the people that we say we want to be. And so it's the like, oh, it actually costs too much for me to hide from you. Because I think even about like, you know, there are, right, there are like spiritual things we disagree about. There are mm-hmm. like – political and healthcare things we disagree about. There yep. are like social dynamics and how things should be communicated. Like we have a lots of disagreement in our relationship, mm-hmm. but we don't have disconnect because there's space. Oh, this was this is what it reminded me of of like right as a single woman who is dreaming of marriage and children, when mm-hmm. you share with me pain points in your marriage and with your children, I don't go, well, at least you have some. 
right? I don't Correct. discredit it. Or like when I'm like, oh, I feel really lonely. And you're like, oh, well, at least you have time to be alone, right? It's not right. this like who can one oh, up yes. the need. It's yeah. just the like, oh, I totally understand how your experience mm-hmm. of that, like even though it's the thing that I wish I had, like yeah. I don't feel envy. I, I, I literally just thought about it. Like I don't feel like I've experienced like, yeah, there definitely have been times where, like, in a joking way, I'll be like, oh, make sure you go kiss your husband because I wish I was kissing my husband, right? Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, hey, like, you can go make out right now and I'm not. So go ahead and enjoy that. Okay, but go do that. But, like, there's not this one up. I think that's the that's the safety space of, like, there is no judgment. You're allowed mm-hmm. to exist. You're allowed to have needs. And my job isn't to compare, which is created, like – um safety for us both to show up because let's talk about this for a second i'm curious what your your experience of this in our relationship is of not withholding sharing your pain because i'm in pain or vice versa Mm -hmm. of like oh actually i'm not going to bring this up to because i mean this has been i've really needed your help in this because in my codependent trauma patterns I've shown up in friendships, in work relationships, in romantic relationships where I'm like, oh, it's okay. This other person's having a hard day. I'll just get small and not have any needs. So like, what does that look like for you? How have you seen yeah. that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I do think, and I don't know where, right. I don't know where we learn this. I don't even, I don't want to label it as like, oh, I think it's a human nature that if somebody mm-hmm. else is having a more traumatic time and, uh, you know, a larger experience that we show up small. Now I'm not saying that, you know, if someone walks in and, you know, you've kind of like had a really rough conflict and you've been on the phone and you've just like had the worst time trying to get help with like internet or something like that. And yeah. a person walks in, which is painful, died, which is painful, but yeah. then they say, my mom just died. Okay. Oh yeah. Right? That gets like, center no, stage. That's, that's not where, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking mm-hmm. about is Um, when we both show up and we have pain. And so I think the way that I experienced that and, you know, I, I know specifically, um, within the last month, you were really experiencing some, some different pain points on, um, a purchase of your vehicle. And there was just like this really huge ordeal. And it was something was just kind of like red flag and feeling a little bit uneasy and unsafe. And at the same time, I was also showing up with really big needs because my family was sick and we were sick for the fifth year in a row or fourth year in a row for Christmas. And I'm showing up with big needs and I've got lots of fear and you've got lots of fear. And so I think the way that I experience that is sometimes I'll just say like, okay, you go, let me hear what's happening for you. Right. That's, that's kind of the language we say, okay, you go, let me hear what's happening for you. Mm -hmm then process it out, process it out. And then we kind of ask each other like, Hey, are you good? Is there something you need? Do you need suggestions? Are you looking for suggestions? That's another really huge thing to ask is sometimes the person may just need to be heard, may need partnership, may just need to vent. Sometimes they may need some solutions, some suggestions and other times not. So the way I experience it when we're doing that, when we're both experiencing pain is to say, Mm -hmm. okay, you go and I listen to you process it out. And then I'll say, okay, like, is there any more or vice versa? Sometimes I go first and you'll say to me, okay, like, can you, are, are we good? Like, are you able to put that in a box? Can we open another one? And sometimes we say, no, I can't. And, but a lot of times I think that's how you have to do it. Um, both showing up with like 
this is the pain I'm experiencing, right? I'm experiencing yeah. fear. I'm experiencing anger and frustration with what's happening on my end with sick kids and potential of like, you know, celebrating oh, a holiday. And then you're yeah. feeling a lot of like fear and insecurity about some, you know, transactions. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and it doesn't have to be the language that we use, but I think that it's really important that you, whoever it is that you're, you're sharing life with, that you do establish we both get to show up in pain and we both Mm -hmm. get to show up. Like I just had the best day. I remember I had a really great conversation. I had a great interaction with a local store here, a music store here. It was really, really great. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt so seen, so heard, so well taken care of. And it's just something little. I'm just dealing with an instrument with one of my boys, all my kids play music and whatever. Five minutes before my phone call, though, with the music company, you had called me and you were experiencing so much pain because you've had a lot of struggles with your internet and mm-hmm. it's just beyond painful the level of um, difficulty it's been yeah. to get internet and internet speed and upload speed and download speed and all these things mm-hmm. that need to happen in order to get the podcast to work. So you were really flooded and really frustrated. And we kind of left it with, there's no suggestions. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of stuck. But I was able to hear you. But yeah. I didn't feel fear that after our conversation, I went and I had a converse, another conversation with this music store that I just needed to kind of check off my list. And it went so well. I was not afraid to show up with my joy. Oh, yeah. And just text you like, oh my gosh, I just had this incredible experience with this gentleman on the phone that just was like, heard me and it was just so good. And, um, and I guess in those moments. And I think just, it, I think there's permission is. that like, if I ever do experience, cause I think there, I just have fear of some people listening and being like, oh, well, every time I share my pain with someone, they go, oh, well, let me tell you about my pain mm-hmm. or, well, all oh, that really sucks. But let me tell you about this great thing that happened to me today. And they feel like their experience is really dismissed, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I'm doing what I'm doing what you're saying you guys are doing, but it's getting a different result. Mm. Um, and I think one of the things that's been really helpful for us is like there's a lot of safety for feedback. So like mm-hmm. if that was to be painful, we would communicate, oh hey, like I, you know, I didn't I didn't experience anything. I felt a lot yeah. of joy. But like if I was like, oh hey, I was really struggling with this, and then you kind of jumped really quickly. But I think even in just thinking about like text messages, because a, a lot mm-hmm. of our connection is through text right now of like, like literally today with the stupid internet that I've been talking about since the last time we recorded a podcast. <sighs> yeah. Because every solution that I keep being offered ends up causing 800 more problems that are not fixed and we have to go back to square one. But that's another thing for another day. Yeah. Um, of – like a text message will go be like, oh, pain, pain. And literally it'll say like pain, pain, pain. I've been on the I've been on the phone with the internet for two and a half hours. And you you would literally respond back of like, oh, hard, ouch, hear that. Some sort of like regarding statement that's like, mm-hmm. I acknowledge your pain. And then in that same message, you can go, so much joy, you just finished this book, loved reading it. And I can go, oh yeah. my gosh, joy, joy, joy. We'll talk to you later. And it's mm-hmm. like there's space for both of us. And I think that there's space to say no thank you because there's been so many times right, in their relationship that one or either of us have – because I don't feel any, like, I don't feel like my whole life has to go on pause to, like, care for you and neither 
well, I guess what's your experience of that? Like, yeah, I would say it's very rare. Um, yeah, aside from like the the dark season, right, where you were really struggling, oftentimes, you know, I'll shoot a text. Like if you're calling or whatever and I'm cooking dinner, like I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. Or, you know, you might text me like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Do you have space? No, I actually don't. I'm cooking dinner or like still doing homework, you know, doing this, whatever, or connecting over here. Okay, great. Talk to you later. Like, again, I think the thing that just kind of reoccurs is it's all about communication. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the exact same words that we've set up that work for us. Yeah. But it has to be something. It's got to mm-hmm. be, you know, for us, I know that, um, and there's been times like I'm guilty of like, sometimes I'll read your text and then I'll just be like, I want to dive right into what I needed to share. Like, oh, I needed to grab this or I wanted to tell you, wait a minute, pause, mm-hmm. read what she's saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, Right now, I need to pause on asking her about brownies or about eye gel patches because mm-hmm. she's showing up sharing a really painful experience from a customer service on whatever that just went really poorly. So yeah. yes, you are totally into helping me with my brownies or my under eye patches, but right now it's time to acknowledge you're experiencing pain on whatever just happened. And so I just think that it's really important that you learn how to communicate. You have the words that are like, okay, you go, or um, are you looking for directions? Are you just needing an event? And whatever that looks like, I just think both people kind of have to, and you got to figure it out, right? There's like trial and error, like, oh, actually, when you said that, that didn't feel really good. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. like that. It felt abrasive. It felt Mm -hmm. insecure. Like, I just, I don't, But it's all, at the end of the day, it boils down to creating communication that does create connection and safety for both people involved. So one person's not big and one's not small. Um, So yeah, that's definitely how I experienced that. Um, Well, and I think, you know, I'm always going to bring up this side of the coin because I think it's important. Um, There's probably a lot of people in your life that you want to connect like this with and they don't Mm -hmm. want to connect with you like that Mm -hmm. because I have people in my life that I wished that I could have this level of connection with and their Mm -hmm. actions have repeatedly shown me over and over again that that's not actually possible right so for some of those people I've had to say okay thank you so much for your time and my story I'm end scene right right and then you just start to create distance and and then there's other people where I go okay great like I don't feel like there's, I have to cut you out of my life, but I do go, okay, hey, I think that we're at different capacities for what we can offer mm-hmm. each other in the season. And I've had to be that person too. Like I've had to say, oh, wow. Like, thank you so much for like wanting that level of connection. Like I'm actually not able, I, I'm not able to, you know, some of the language that we use is like, oh, I've made some other yeses in my life. And so right. I'm, I'm not able, cause I want to give you the best version of me. And so I think that there are places and spaces in our story where we have to honor. It's like, okay, hey, and that's okay. Like we talked about this on the episode we did with Dr. Christy Bauman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to link that. And one of the things we talked about is like you grieve, but we regard their no. Like we honor the fact yeah. that they go because that creates so much capacity to go. There are lots of people that want to give you their yes, that want to make your connection a priority, whether that's 
in a workplace, in a romantic mm-hmm. relationship, in a friendship, like there are lots of people that want who you are. And I've had to, like, I've had to remember that as I go, actually, like my, my life is worth sharing. And there are people that want to share life with me. And that also means that when I'm tolerating connections of people that their level of investment in my story feels very much like they're tolerating me. Mm-hmm. Nah, bro. Like I don't no. have time for that. Well, we say it's that's right. not going to be part of our story. That's, that's not, not going to be part, part of, of our journey. journey. Um, and I think one of the, I don't know that it's a huge difference, um, but I also encourage people, you know, like the, the relationship and the connection and the accountability that we have here um, is really unique in my life. But I also, I hold space, you know, like I said, like I'm married, right? So I do hold space for some of our conversations mm-hmm. that some of them, you know, I only share with my husband and um, mm-hmm. I've had, I'm really fortunate. And the older I get, the more I realize how rare it is that I have a friendship that has lasted 33 years at this yeah. point in my life, um, you know? And so while Bridget and I have like a really amazing accountability and connection it I also hold space mm-hmm. I just want to encourage people that it doesn't mean that oh well I only have this really deep yeah. and connected friendship this deep and connected friendship is different than mm-hmm. my my other friendship but I feel really fortunate that I've been able to hold space for both because I yeah. um yeah, the best friend that I've had for over 30 years is, yeah. is also really genuine and special. And, um, we share a really great connection. So it doesn't have to be, oh, there's this one. It's just, mm-hmm. okay, well, I guess if it's this person, then I got to cut this person out. And like, that's not what we're saying. It doesn't have to be, um, doesn't have yeah. to be like that either. Um, yeah. Cause we're, like, yeah. we're made for community. And I think, you know, one of the, well, I think I want to, this is probably the last thing I want to end on, mm-hmm. um, is I was actually talking to a single friend about this yesterday of like the idea of your spouse being your like best friend, mm-hmm. but not only best friend, but like the person that you go to, like not more like your source, but like your spouse being your source. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of romance in that idea of like, this is going to be my person, my better half that completes me. But that's like super suffocating to put on one human of a hundred percent where we believe in the value of the covenant of marriage. So that is your absolutely highest, most connected mm-hmm. experience. But if your whole heart needs for connection, you're putting in one person, like that's super not helpful and vice versa. Like, as a single person, one of the things that I want to practice is I want to have a very partnered life. Yeah. Like I might, I might not have, you know, a marriage partner right now yet. Hallelujah. Amen. But like, what does it look like to have that? And so I'm curious just from like, as we end kind of from your married perspective as what does it look like for you to have connection and partnership that honors your marriage, but still says, Hey, for both of us, we need more people. Yeah, I think that I think it works differently in in different people have different needs. We have different yeah. levels of connection and we have different levels of need. Um in our in my marriage specifically, if I showed up with every single one of my needs and every single one of my communications, it would be exhausting for my spouse. Now that may not be true, 
mm-hmm. for everyone. But in, in my married relationship, my husband is great at connecting and listening. He knows a huge part of what builds connection for me mm-hmm. is first just communicating and sharing stories and sharing about our day and talking, communicating and, and meeting those needs. And, um, but if I went to him with every conversation that I really needed to have, he would be exhausted and he would mm-hmm. be suffocated. He um, has a different personality than I do. And he um, is really grateful that in our lives, there's other people in my life that I get to partner with and that I get yeah. to share some of my stories and some of my communications with. And he loves that for me. He loves that there's deep friendship and connection and he loves not only the relationship that we have, but he genuinely loves you and he loves my other best friend. And he just sees that this is a wonderful thing. I think it's important that with our spouses that they don't feel threatened or replaced. Yeah. And so I have to make sure in my married connection that I'm not replacing him. I'm not yeah. getting my emotional needs met somewhere else. I'm not getting my connection met in my friendships. My friendships enhance and build yeah. on and even in some points strengthen my marriage because yeah. my friendships because you and my other friend are really trustworthy sounding boards. If you guys are like, Hey, red flag, no, thank you. Then I know mm-hmm. it's no, thank you. It's a red flag. So it just, um, I feel like in my marriage, it is something that builds, it enhances, it's an advantage. And if it's not, if it's not doing that, then it's probably not a healthy, um, accountability relationship, If it's not mm-hmm. adding to it in a positive way. Mm, love it. So good. Yep. Well, thanks, friend, for hanging out today. Welcome. Um, I didn't do too much exercising, or I want to call it rowing because I just finished lessons in chemistry. So if you whoop, haven't read whoop. lessons in chemistry, here is a reverse sponsorship for lessons in chemistry by Bonnie Somebody. And um, <laughs> I don't really read the covers. Um, that I didn't really do too much rowing, but there's a lot of rowing in that book. Um, at least a lot mm-hmm. of it mentioned. So yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Hope to have you back lots and friends share this. Who are the people we'd love to, we'd love to know. Go, go tell us on Instagram, recoveryourlife.co, our website, YouTube. You can watch us if you're listening and you want to watch us. We are quite lovely. So you can check us out on YouTube and uh, yeah, just feel free to share with your friends. We'd love to hear topics you love to hear about. Um, Our goal is to have Julie on frequently. And so if you're like, oh, I really love that. I have more friendship questions or life questions that you want us to cover. Feel free to reach out as well. And until next time, grieve well, rest well, and love well. We'll see you on the Recover Life podcast.